I'd made a mistake that was going to cost me my life. I turned to the man beside me. He was a Yemeni. We called him H and he was the only passenger in the beat-up local car I was driving. The air around us was stiff with heat and tension. The vehicle almost rocking as the press of humanity outside began to shove towards me, pointing. I kept my eyes down, not out of fear, but so they didn't get a look at them through the dirty glass. I knew exactly what had happened, how they'd spotted me. I was dressed head to toe as a local, from flip-flops to a turban. I had a dyed beard, my skin coloured so that I looked like the bloke from Bargain Hunt. But what I hadn't added to my disguise was my brown contact lenses. And now my bright blue eyes were drawing the locals in to point and stare. I knew it was only a matter of minutes before the neighbourhood bad guys started slipping out of their hiding places. And tonight I could look forward to an orange boiler suit. The last thing the world would see of me was an image of a former Special Forces soldier about to meet his end courtesy of an enemy unfamiliar with the Geneva Convention. Bollocks. I wanted to talk to H. I wanted a local man's opinion, but if the people outside saw my lips moving in a funny way, then we were truly fucked. And so instead, I raised an eyebrow and hoped that people would just think I was commenting on the traffic that had packed us into the bustling marketplace. H gave a shrug and reply, as if to say, what can you do? What could I do? Get my head chopped off or go out fighting? Those seemed to be the choices. I knew which one I'd choose if it came down to it. But I couldn't help but hear that the voice in the back of my head, the voice that told me, you'll never last two minutes in the army. Well, if this was the end, I'd show them how wrong they were there. I'd been showing them for years. This wasn't my first covert mission as a civilian, and I hadn't come into this job because I was anything less than the best. I'd cut my teeth as a special forces soldier, and as such I'd had my metal tested again and again. I tried to remember that as yet another local pointed at me and began waving towards my door. I pretended to be busy looking ahead at the traffic and checked my mirror behind me. No sign of our second car. I wanted to rub at my eyes, despite the danger I was knackered. Maybe that's why I'd made a mistake. Maybe that was why I had to get on my radio, hidden away out of sight of the Yemenis who continued to walk by, peering in and pointing at me. I kept my message short trying to move my lips as little as possible. I've been compromised. My mate Sam came on the net from the second vehicle. He was out of sight, but I was sure that he couldn't be more than a hundred metres away. Are you compromised? Over. I confirmed that I was. Are you happy with immediate action drill? Over. I knew that drill off by heart. The key to special forces soldiering is that we train and drill relentlessly. Putting in the repetitions just like a bodybuilder does in the gym and I brought that ethos with me into the civilian world. The first part would involve me pulling a stub-nosed machine gun from beneath my seat and emptying a full magazine into the windscreen. This would send a very loud signal that it was a good idea for people to get away from me. It would buy me seconds to grab my wrapped-up assault rifle, wedge between the seat and the door, and exit the vehicle. Then me and my flip-flops would be racing for my nearest safe house. Sam came back on the net. Your call, out. My call. When it comes down to it, the biggest moments in your life always are. I thought about letting out a deep breath, but looking eyes cool in front of H was important to me. Fear is contagious, and so I put mine on a shelf until I got clear of the situation. Instead, I imagined everything that was about to happen in this shitstorm. Bloody hell, I almost laughed to myself, all this over a pair of contact lenses. I looked at H, gave him the slightest of knobs, 
He was probably sending up a prayer at that point, maybe more than one. My own thoughts went to my wife and children. If someone wanted to stop me seeing them again, then I promised it would be a fight like no other. And then, with the thought of my family pumping like fire through my veins, I reached below my seat and took hold of my weapon.